can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I have a surprise intro for you, Joe. I always love I a was, surprise um, intro from you, Hannah. <laughs> it's a cringy dating um, intro. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, there's an Instagram account called Tinder Live and it's by this comedian, Lane Moore, and she basically um, reposts like insane um, hinge profiles mm-hmm. and dating app profiles. <laughs> anyway, there's this guy and his name is Read Me. That's not his real name, but it's Read Me. And his profile picture says, looking for a really gassy woman, someone who whose farts smell really bad oh and stomach is easily triggered. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so, yeah. so, he's, so his name is, he's said Read Me so that you'll read, yeah. the, you'll read his profile picture. Anyway, so then he's got his About Me section. So I thought I'd, I'd read this out. Yeah. Hoping to find open-minded, very kinky woman that farts a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone who has bad gas often and can get it easily, like like lactose intolerant or just has a oh, sensitive Lord. stomach. <laughs> I understand that this is strange. I can't help what I like. I'm hoping. So, so that's a kink. To- He's got I'm hoping kink. to find someone who can deliver this for me and I will reciprocate any type of energy they need me to. Please, if you're curious, I get it, but don't swipe unless you are okay with everything. I am an attractive man, funny, charming. Yeah, he's like, I just have this in the closet fetish. Wow. <laughs> so his fetish is he just wants a woman that that's, that's, that's farts and their farts smell really bad and they might be lactose intolerant or like have some sort of you know gas issue um that sounds like you after a few broccoli meals Hannah oh yeah that's (laughs) definitely me um mine don't smell really bad though I'll be honest I don't think mine smell that bad maybe if you eat like a lot of beans or like a lot of like cruciferous vegetables but like usually they don't smell yeah um well you can't comply then (laughs) <laughs> so I can't swipe right. Yeah, he's also he's he's a good age, forty one. Okay, he's a creative, but self employed. Yeah, but anyway, I wonder if he has any luck yeah. with that profile. I mean, if you did have something like Crohn's disease or IBS or something that does make you very gassy and gives you a lot of bowel discomfort, he'd probably be quite a good match for you because you wouldn't have to worry <laughs> about it. You know. Like grossing him out. I feel like he should be on some. I do feel like he should be on some kink website. I Absolutely. Don't I don't think like Hinge is the, the right, right place. I think. Yeah. I feel like you, you need to be looking for a more niche audience there. You're you're definitely opening yourself up to be reposted to Instagram. Absolutely. With that, with that profile. Absolutely. Yeah. And he obviously doesn't have any photos of himself on here either. He just yeah, literally yeah. has a photo of of him looking for a really gassy woman. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Hannah, you're traveling. So tell us what is on our list to talk about today. So on today's episode, we are chatting about how to prevent um, dryness when flying. We are also chatting to Danielle Chi, who is the head of brands and merchandise on beauty price points. And of course, the products we didn't know we needed. 
So, honey, you found yourself back in Thailand after a brief stint in Bali. You've gone back to the yes. motherland. <laughs> yes, I have. In back Chiang home. Mai. So you've been doing a lot of yes. flying. I know pretty much everyone on my Instagram feed is in Europe at the moment um, oh, while I know. I'm at work. Um, so that's awesome. Oh. Uh, but a lot of people are flying at the moment. So I thought you as a seasoned traveler could speak to us about preventing dryness and puffiness and, you know, just not not feeling our best on a flight. Yeah. Oh, not our gassed. best. Exactly. Yep. Um, I, I had to do a bit of research into why it happened. Yeah. I knew it happened, but I didn't know why. Yeah. So I've, I found out why. Right. All right. Start us off. All right. So basically there's less than 20% humidity on an air, airplane. Mm. So, um, but it's the amount of water vapor that's in mm. the air and airplanes have very low levels of humidity because 50% of the air circulating in the cabin is pulled from outside. And because you're at a high altitude, the air is almost completely like devoid of all moisture. I hate being on a, a long haul flight and you get a really dry, you get dry nostrils. And so the air that you're breathing oh, in yep. is like sharp, yep. painful, cold air. I hate yep. that. There's like everything wrong with it. Yeah. So um, the low humidity can cause your skin to feel dry because it's not retaining as much mm. uh, moisture. So what you'll actually notice um, is dry skin, Not, but not only skin, but you'll get dry eyes. You'll get dry, mm. like, you know, when you get really dry cracked yeah. lips and also a dry nose as well. Mm. So I've got a few of my tips. And actually, I kind of did all these things anyway mm-hmm. when I when I travel I didn't actually know why I got such dry skin on an airplane, so it's good to know. Mm. But um, firstly, I mean, we do talk about this a lot, but like using a thick, a thicker moisturizer. Yeah. So I've got a couple of picks that are more affordable, which would be um, Walita Skin Food and the Aven Sickle Fart. Um, those two, I've actually taken that Aven one with me like many, many times on an airplane because it's like really, it's like a really nice thick moisturizer. Um, and it's also like for, um, for like, it soothes the skin as well. Yeah. But probably my number one pick would be the Murad Intense Recovery cream it's like my absolute oh by the way you need to make sure all these products are under 100 mils yeah i was gonna say that yeah (laughs) don't get the big boys don't get the big boys get the small boys so the murad one is probably my favorite um because it's not like sometimes with my oily skin i guess like those thicker creams can um cause like breakouts so i just really love that recovery cream Mm. i just think it's like the best texture so good on your skin so, so intensely hydrating. Do you have a pick, Joe, for Ooh. like a thicker moisturizer? I would usually have the Laurie Spazay Cicloplast B5. I thought yeah. you would say that. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, I'd never tried that before. I was getting my third booster shot yeah. and they had it a tester on the counter and I gave it a little, I gave it a whirl yeah. finally after all these years. Did you like it? It's nice. Yeah. yeah it's thick. It's good. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I always would do and you do, you will get a few like weird stares, Mm. but, um, I will do a sheet mask mid-flight. So I'm really at the moment loving the Hardo Labo moisturizing facial sheet mask. The reason, um, I think this one's really nice is because it's got their super hyaluronic acid. That's their like trademarked ingredient. Um, and so that, will like really um, moisturize like even the driest of skin so you mm-hmm. could do that sheet mask like you know early on in the flight and then you can like add your moisturizer once it's kind of like dried a bit you can add your moisturizer over the top and that'll definitely give you um, a nice boost of moisture do you have a sheet mask that you're loving at the moment the aspect I think it's just called hydrating sheet mask it probably has a longer name than that but I love the aspect one. oh that's a good one yeah 
Um, yours is a bit more bougie than mine. A little I think. bit, yeah. Or maybe not. Oh, yeah. yes. No, mine would be more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I actually took this time around, which I loved, I've never taken something like this before, is a hydration mist. Yeah. I actually took the Dermalogica Multi Active Tonite. It was a fifty mil for travel. The other brands that have got them for travel is is it Disciple? Yep. They've got one called the Juicy Mist. Um, Aesop have Immediate Moisture Facial Hydrosol. And the other one is the Grown Alchemist Hydra Mist. So they're all under 100 mils. And I like, I don't know if it's like doing much, but it just does give you a nice refresh. Yeah. Like mid flight. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you've had yep. it, like a, you know, a shower or something. Yep. And a lot of those um, mists do have like active ingredients mm. in them yeah. that, that do help with like um, moisture. And they often smell nice as well. So if the cabin yeah. smells a bit stale. Yeah. Mm. Um, so this is one that I don't really follow the advice, but um, if you do wear contact lenses, you're actually like, and I've been in many situations where, oh, I remember I was in South America and I think I was on a flight and then because there's no moisture in the air, like it completely dries up that film mm. of moisture that's over your eyes. Yeah. And if you wear contact lenses, it's even worse. I remember having to take my contact lenses out and I think I'd lost my glasses oh, at no. this point. And I'm so blind, blind and I was wa- I was walking around the airport, could not see anything that would have been scary yeah so always if you wear contact lenses definitely bring your glasses which Mm -hmm. I do always bring now um I will usually wear because you're at the airport for so long and you're usually waiting around if it's an international flight I do wear my contact lenses I will take them off like a few hours into the flight because my eyes can't take it anymore and then I'll put my glasses on but the other thing even if you don't wear contact lenses is bring some eye drops because that like I read online that it it kind of like that moisture over your eye it like dries up Mm. I don't know there's some like film over your eye that like adds moisture yeah that gets a bit dried up so just make sure that you're adding if you get like dry eyes Mm -hmm. all right now you can tell me your nose tip because um (laughs) because your nose will dry up I read online that saline I've never done this but I will do it saline spray wouldn't that sting really good I, uh, this was like, I swear, five different websites recommended really? saline spray for the nose, which okay. I didn't even think about. I would have thought that would sting. Um, I just use Lano Lips up my nose. I just I love put that. it on my pinky and just the one I want around because that's that's yeah. that's for any like little dry spots. Yeah, I just feel like because and it's important to do this quite early on in the flight, which might be mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but it has to be done because it creates mm-hmm. like an occlusive barrier it can stop that moisture from being stripped out. So you might Mm -hmm. not have that dryness that happens. So do it early on in the flight before your nose completely dries up and it feels like you're breathing in razor blades. Um, And then maybe you might be able to avoid it. But I've never heard of the saline spray either. Mm. Um, I'll try that and report back on my next flight. And the final one is that your lips will get super dry. My recommendation is the Laneige um, lip sleeping mask Mm because it's it's like one of the most hydrating um, masks that you'll use for your lips and, and you can like wear it overnight. But I would probably bring that on a flight as well. And the other thing that I find, oh, do you, oh I know what you're going to say, PCA. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> that is, that is, that is really hydrating too. It's got like hyaluronic acid in it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I find really interesting, so like about 10 minutes before like they start descending, is that what it's called? Yeah. So I always take my little... Um, 
uh, I have like a toiletry bag and I go to the bathroom and I'll like my cellar water, my face, and like I'll add moisturizer. I might put it, put my contact lenses in, change my panty liner, brush my teeth. Like I'll do this whole beauty routine in that little bathroom and ever and no one else, I don't see anyone else doing it. Is it just yeah. me doing that? Like I really make sure I feel fresh when I get off the plane. Surely other people are doing that. I always do that along whole flight. I never see anyone do it, but I'm always up there in the bathroom doing like a full like refresh to yeah. make sure I feel like nice when I got off the plane, especially in Bali when I had to wait two and a half hours mm. of immigration. But also if you've got a connecting flight, like if, you, if oh. you're if you doing a stopover and you've already been on a flight for 14 hours and you've still got another mm-hmm. like 10 hours to go, oh, you, you yep. need that refresh. Probably the best thing that you can do to do for yourself is like if you didn't bring any of these products on the plane is drink heaps of water. Mm. Um, the recommendation is a small bottle every hour or two. But um, I actually always pay for an aisle seat because I just want to be able to go to the bathroom whenever I want yeah. to. The thought of having to sit on a it gives me the worst anxiety. It actually gives me pee anxiety that I then need to pee when yeah, I go Yeah, and people pee. are asleep and then you're like kind of yep. clambering over them. <laughs> you just literally can't. So I have been stuck where I, ha- where I haven't booked. It's happened to me a few times where I didn't book and I just got put into like a seat in the middle, like oh, in the middle seat. Oh, and no. it just uh, oh. And it just, and it just, and it upset me and I couldn't drink water the whole flight because I had anxiety about getting up. Oh, so no. now I always do that and then I always drink a bottle of water before I get on the flight mm-hmm. and then drink water like throughout the flight. The other thing is avoid caffeine and alcohol because they're both diuretics. Um, it's really interesting because you always see at the airport, like six in the morning, people like knocking back yeah. red like, wines and champagnes. Yeah. And I'm like, woof. I think people do it because your blood thins as you fly and so you get drunker quicker. No, they do it at the airport. Like, see, I was I'm at sure the they continue when they're on their flight. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Um, so yeah, avoiding those two things because that do, um, makes you pee more and dehydrates you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing I have always noticed this is I'm like, I got, I got it. Like, I'm like, why is my stomach so bloated? Yeah. Why do I feel so uncomfortable? You get like stabbing so, fart pains. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically the pressure at high altitudes makes the trapped air in your gut expand, taking up more room and leading to bloating and pain. I did not know that it was about the the pressure at yeah, high altitudes. Neither. So, um, the, Uh, What would be recommended for that is like before you fly, like avoid fried foods, avoid salt, try to eat like healthy. Also avoid any foods that like make you even more gassy. Mm -hmm. There's also, um, it's called degas. So that's got simethicone. I don't know how to say that. Um, I always keep that. I legitimately always have that. When you so, go on flight. Um, yeah, like I always ha- I always travel with it in case yeah. I get like pain. Okay. Like in case like particularly flying really messes up my stomach. Yeah. So that helps to break up the gas bubbles in the gut that mm. um de degas. You can get it at good old chemist warehouse, our Maybe favorite. I should try that just for day to day. And report back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> report back for sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that was like, but I mean, it is really hard because plain food is like, so I always say to myself, no, I'm going to eat like a healthy meal before I get on the plane. And then every time I get on like a Jetstar flight, I order like two mac and cheeses. So I I don't even follow this advice. Have you ever seen the people that are traveling long haul and they've got like all of their meals pre-packaged and they don't eat anything that's like served on the plane? And I'm like, (laughs) I honestly have got enough to worry about. I can't be preparing like overnight oats to eat on the plane. 
<laughs> not gonna be doing that. Those are like people that go to CrossFit for yeah. sure. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to all our CrossFitters who are listening. Um, so those are kind of all my tips. Uh, the one question I had: Do we still have to put toiletries into like a one hundred um, into like little plastic? Ziploc bag. I don't know. Are those days over? Because I sometimes I have like I had my um I had this grown alchemist um uh what's it called hand sanitizer hand sanitizer hand sanny um and I just kept it separate to my other stuff and no one ever stops me and goes oh you need to put that into a ziploc bag. Remember when you had to have all of your liquids in a ziploc bag? Yes. Yeah. True. Have they just relaxed on that a little bit? um, Maybe it's no no longer a thing. There is a clear um makeup case you can buy. Mm. The brand is called C Clear C E E Clear. And they do like cosmetic bags. So it makes Mm -hmm. it easy to like go through airports and stuff. You just chuck all your stuff in there and go. Um, So if you are worried about that and you're traveling, that's probably a good one to invest in. Um, But I don't know. I've been overseas in like three years, four years. Soon, Joe. You're a homebody. You're like my sister. Yeah, no, I'm fine. My sister's the same. She loves being home. Absolutely loves it. I know you are. I know you are. We're the opposite. Yeah. Um, anyway, that is how to prevent dry skin and mm. gas and bloating mm. on airplanes. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. Um, I don't even really know what to call this segment, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the way that beauty is marketed, essentially, or how it's set up to be sold to us. And we thought the perfect person to talk to about this would be Danny Chi. She is the head of brands and merchandise at Adore. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Hello, ladies. It's been a little while since we were together in this forum. Yes, been a little while since mm-hmm. you podcasted. You yes. might have uh, heard Danny's voice before with Kate on Beauty Biz, which was a spin-off podcast of ours that you can go and listen to. But she's very knowledgeable and she's going to share a lot of wisdom with us today because Hannah and I have no idea about this stuff. We're like, let's do videos, and Danny's doing like in-depth spreadsheets. Like, I don't, mm, I don't no. envy your role, Danny. It looks hard. Do you remember when I like? For I think it was like early days when I first started, and I went to your computer, and your calendar scared the shit out of me. It was like <laughs> multiple oh, colors. Color She's like, uh-huh. I feel like Danny's the most organized person mm. I know. Oh, uh, yeah. it gets the better of me sometimes. I think um, <laughs> inbox management is definitely a skill that I'm I've very much tuned into at Adore. Mm-hmm. So, Danny, let's start uh, by talking about the way in which beauty is separated in the market. So, can you talk us through? the different categories, like, you know, we've got the mastige, et cetera. Yes. So we've got lots of different categories that products and brands are typically grouped in. And so you'll have, we kind of call them like value segments. Uh, So you've got mass and then you've got, you might hear the word prestige kind of thrown around. Um, You might even hear the word mastige. So I'll talk a little bit about how that's different. Uh, Professional. And then you've kind of got luxury, ultra luxury, ultra premium. So I've kind of spoken about them in a bit of a a sliding scale. Oh, and the other one to mention is um, indie, niche, small batch. Mm -hmm. So you might hear that also thrown around those words. But yeah, so mass, they tend to be grouped by the channels where you would find those sorts of products. So for instance, Mm -hmm. Mass brands are pretty much self-explanatory. You find them in any retailer that is mass, so like a supermarket or a pharmacy. Uh, most of the brands that you find there are mass brands. Um, and then prestige, uh, professional, 
luxury, you kind of find them in more premium type retailers. So prestige and luxury, especially you would find them in say like a department store or, um, you know, like a luxury boutique or a high street boutique. Similarly with um, indie niche or small batch brands, you're likely to find them in like a little boutique or, you know, a, a spa that you go to that's off the mm-hmm. high street or in, an, in a nice suburb uh, in your area. Um, and then you've got professional, which is uh, a space that you are very attuned to, uh, Joe, which mm-hmm. is um, where you would find products in so- sort of like a professional slash retail setting. So um, if you're going to get particular treatments, uh, beauty treatments, then there's products that typically are sold um, for your at-home care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're the kind of different categories. I said I'd go back to mastige because that's probably a word that's been thrown around a lot in the last couple of years. And lo and behold, it's that like hybrid between a mass brand and a prestige brand. And so uh, mastige is really where it's a brand that straddles that line and operates kind of um, in a disruptive way. So it's you know perhaps a prestige brand in a mass channel or a mass mastige brand in a prestige channel. So um, there's a couple of brands that we have at Adore that kind of come into mind there. An example for us would be a brand like The Ordinary. So I was just going to say, I said, I bet you she's going to say The Ordinary. (laughs) So exactly, right? When you think about um, how The Ordinary launched globally, um, it came out in this kind of premium way of talking about an ingredients focus. Um, The format Mm -hmm. of the products were in dropper bottles, Uh, The primary type of skincare product that The Ordinary have is serums, which you would traditionally find in more of a prestige environment. Mm -hmm. But they were able to, you know, create this product or these products that were really accessible, typically prestige, but really accessible for um, lots of lots of customers to adopt an ingredients-led active skincare routine. Um, So what are the key differentiators that determine a brand's positioning and pricing in the market? Uh, There's so many of them. I mean, and and like my career has been in brands, so I could talk about this for hours um, and I'm sure I'm going to miss some. (laughs) But ultimately it's, you know, the core value proposition and the message of the brand. So it's really important especially now more than ever, brands have to stand for something. They have to offer, they have to be meaningful and offer something unique, be it in the way that they storytell or the product or their identity. So that core value proposition is really intrinsic to a brand being a differentiator. The other thing is authority and integrity of a brand. So we have Mm. so many um, founder-led brands um, from people who have either been in the industry for years or have come up against a problem and found a solution through the brand that they've created. So that authority and that integrity really means something and that's a, a really great way to differentiate as well. Authority is also beyond the, you know, within the brand itself, but external to the brand, people like influencers, be it direct partnerships and or you know, uh, organic um, influencers like customers mm. who are providing word of mouth recommendations in um, you know social media and so on. So that really lends itself to defining a brand's position. Well, we see how big brands can become from TikTok, like <laughs> overnight successes. One hundred percent. Yeah. So other other differentiators are formulations. So, you know, the kind of uniqueness of a formulation, whether or not it has like specific ingredients that are can only be found in that particular product or that particular brand, that will also be a way that you can differentiate yourself. And you think about there's lots of brands that have kind of started with 
one particular ingredient and been known to be the destination brand for that ingredient. And then things that we see, so, and we're attracted to, like the aesthetic of the brand, how it looks, how it, um, you know, the colours, the packaging, the the terminology, the product descriptions, um, they all differentiate. And then lastly, you know, that all kind of culminates in the type of demographic that the brand is primarily targeted at. So you can quickly see um, the formulations, the price point, how it's packaged and know straight away that that's for a younger market or mm. know that it's targeted mm. at an older market. So yeah, those sort of things like kind of all roll up into one. Well, on that aesthetic point that you made, how much do you feel that branding has an impact on price? Because as we were saying with TikTok before, something can be made very popular and there's this whole thing on TikTok where these girls that are in their early 20s just spend bulk cash on like luxury mm, items. And I'm yes. like, how the f- you afford that lifestyle like I'm in my late 20s and I cannot afford to live like that so how much do you think the branding has an impact on brands being able to I guess hike their price up yeah I think hugely branding is personality I mean I'm preaching Mm. to the converted here right you guys have lived and breathed (laughs) that um at your time at a door and yeah branding is about a persona and I I've seen in the beauty space I've worked here for the better part of you know, seven, eight years in beauty, that it's like more important than ever that you carve out this kind of uniqueness in the way that you identify as a brand versus all the mm. other brands because the market is so competitive. It's so saturated. Mm. And like yeah. you said, Joe, every week there's a new brand on TikTok that's trending and half of us have never even heard of it. Mm. I feel like a new natural skincare company, Joe, does this happen to you, reaches out to me on Instagram every 100%. week? 100%. Like oh, yes. a natural every, organic skincare brand every day, every, it, all the time. And I'm like, how can there be another oh, natural I know. organic skincare it's brand? so saturated. That's why when everyone <laughs> says to me, oh, will you ever create a skincare line? I'm like, no, no, mm. it is enough. It's <laughs> tough going. I mean, like kudos mm. to anyone who jumps in. I'm always so mm. impressed by yeah. the bravery and like the tenacity because yeah. it is super competitive and I only oh, see yeah, it getting it harder. I think... Um, with that whole piece around branding and then its impact on price, when you think about like a brand, it's more than just like, it's how it makes you feel. So mm. your price, like the, the valuation that you place on the, on the brand itself or the products is more than just price, but price has a connection to it because if it makes you feel really good, then you're probably likely to overlook some of those things around price. Like mm. you said, Joe, Very true. like luxury products, like you think, gosh, how do half the people we see on social media afford, you know, these beautiful luxe skincare routines? And it's it's the it's kind of the investment piece. It's the yeah. decision mm-hmm. that it means more than just the price I'm paying for it. Um, and well, it's the same with anything. Like yes. even outside of beauty, you think yeah. about where mm. you pay more money for something because it's a certain brand. Yeah, I think too. I mean, I don't know if it's as um, like topical now, but a couple of years ago, it was like not even just price, but place. Like it was a thing Mm. to, you know, if you found a brand on Instagram and then you like looked at its website and realised that it was based in like Chicago, Illinois, and you were living in Mm. Melbourne, you would try to find a way to get access to that product. Mm. So, you know, like uh, I remember when I first started at Adore, we were talking a lot about how many of our, like my friends were 
finding freight forwarders to from the US to get product that mm, was only available yeah. in the US out to Australia. The Glossier, there was a lot of that happening. Mm. Yeah, I had friends doing that too. 100%, like reading Reddit threads and trying to like get a feel for how you can get access to products that are really hard to get access to. Um, packaging can be a contributor to someone's decision to purchase. Mm. Um, why do you think that is and why should packaging be a consideration? Uh, I think for a couple of reasons. I mean, we talk about the fact that differentiating and being unique obviously means a lot now, especially how competitive beauty is. But there's a couple of reasons. So aesthetic and the form of the product. So again, it connects back to that branding, that identity around the brand. Um, There are so many brands out there now that come out with beautiful vessels that don't look like their beauty products, you know, that they're Mm. um, these like ornate sculptures that you can have on your bathroom cabinet or on your bedside table. Like uh, I think that definitely has been something that um, has been really popular in a way that brands can differentiate themselves moving forward. And then you've got the function piece, which I think is probably a little bit more aligned to the ethos that we have at Adore around products that perform and do what they say they're going to do. Function is really about making sure that the packaging protects the ingredients and the formulation within it and maintains that ultimate or, you know, um, like long-term efficacy and performance of the product. So is Mm -hmm. it um, light stable that the product, you know, the, the, bottle that it's in does it help with um filtering out light particularly around serums where that's why you see so mm. many amber bottles around well the the skin ceutical c ferulic is that dark classic glass yeah. To, yeah. because it's um vitamin c yeah exactly and then like joe i know you've talked about this a lot you know airless pumps mm. airless vessels that make sure that you don't get air bubbles into certain like skincare products uh, because it reduces down the efficacy and can actually Mm. lead to um, spoiling of the product. So you can have, you know, um, some not so great things that happen to products when there's, yeah, exposure to oxygen. A lot Mm. of the formulators spend a huge amount of time making sure that um, products are stable. So especially in that active skincare space. And I have to preface, like I'm, <laughs> my knowledge is biased because I spent the majority of my time at Adore in skincare, but I, I know that that stands for <laughs> many of the other categories as well. The only other one I was going to mention, which is going to become increasingly talked about is sustainability and eco-friendliness. So I think, mm. you know, you're going to start to see that more we work with our brands and it's top of mind in any of our discussions around new product that come in you'll hear distinctive terms like is it compostable does it biodegrade Um, there's a PCR which stands for post-consumer recycled so many of the brands that we work with now talk about um, recycled packaging and then when they talk about the recycled packaging they'll often be like a percentage shared so it might be like this is 80% PCR or 50% PCR which means that 50% of the packaging has come from old material that has been, Mm. you know, put in for recycling. They've taken that, broken it down, reprocessed it to become um, a material that they can use again. So I think as we continue to innovate in that space and customers demand it rightfully, you know, we're so much more conscious now of what we're putting back into landfill and how we consume that I think, um, yeah, sustainability and eco-friendliness in packaging is only going to get 
more important. Do you know what I love that made me think of? You know, Kim Kim's new skincare line is like all refillable and it's like, but she just bought herself a new private jet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion around that. <laughs> I mean, it's good on her. Good on yeah. her for making it like refillable and yeah. Mm. The choices, right? She's not the one that, was it Kylie or Kim that jumped into a jet for like an 18-minute flight? That was Kylie. Okay, yeah, that was Kylie. That was Kylie. Kylie and her and Travis both have their own private planes. Mm. There was like a photo and it said like, should we take yours or mine? And mm. it was just the biggest like. No. Yeah, I think that was a myth, extravagance. <laughs> yeah. No. In, um, in which areas do you think price is relative to quality? Are more expensive products always like better? I'm really biased, but I think this is the part where we do it so well at Adore um, of talking about the products that we recommend. You know, it's always you, both of you and Amy and everyone who who writes. I've written a few articles myself from a long time ago, <laughs> but it all comes from this place of like we really believe in the products that we're trying and there's like a real authenticity to our um, recommendation. But there is a link, but there's not always a link. So traditionally you would find a link between price and um, quality, and then sometimes you don't. So my recommendation is to always do your research, but formulations and the in- the quality of the ingredients are a big factor in why you would pay a, a higher price for a particular product. Um, the stability, the efficacy, as I said, there's a lot of thought that goes into formulating brands and products. Mm everything right through to the packaging, you know, and where you source these these different componentries of a product from. You want to do that with integrity, things come at a price. Some of the more expensive products, it's not just the formulation, but all of the years that have gone into developing that formulation and continuing to improve that formulation. So the research, yeah. the clinical studies that go into testing of these formulations um, and proving these formulations is the cost that then gets factored into some of the products. Mm. But I do think price and expensive products, luxury, if they make you feel better, who's to say that feeling better is also not, is worth it, you know? I think there's a high correlation with like using a product and how it makes you feel, not just how it performs, as Mm. like the value that is attributed to the premium Mm. price point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you can't make up your mind until you've tried the product. Like there might be an expensive product everyone's talking about and you yes. try it and you go, oh, that was average. Yeah. But someone else might be like, that's the best product I've ever tried. I'm going to continue to spend $120 on it. Yeah. Um, mm. Like the PCA Hyaluronic Acid Clip Booster. The one that you can't stop buying, <laughs> like, right? It's got me in a chokehold. I'm sorry. We ruined that for you. <laughs> I was going to say when you were talking about fragrance, like for me, it's like candles mm-hmm. are like mm. I can't, sc- I cannot go oh, cheap yeah. on With candles. candles, there's a very distinct, like, like distinct the better the difference. candle, the more expensive oh, it's going to yeah. be. And, and, I, and I, it's such an important part of my day to light a candle at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, that I want something that I'm like, oh, this smells really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that we often talk about it, right, like, when something smells expensive, like the, the yes. more it mm. smells expensive, the better it makes you feel. Yeah, um, very true. Or we all have that thing that we can't like scrimp mm. on. Like it's a luxe product that we wouldn't mm. ever, it's a non-negotiable. So um, mm. I think they have a place for sure. Well, I hope this chat has been informative for anyone who's ever wondered what it's like to actually Danny's work in beauty TED retail. Talk. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to Danny's TED Talk. But people ask all the time, like, how do I get a job at Adore Beauty? 
Oh. And I always just think like, oh, you got no idea. Like all the different, like you could go anywhere. You could go to customer service. You could go to brands and do what Danny does. You could go and do what Hannah and I do. Like there's so many facets of working in beauty retail and it is great to get an insight from your perspective of what mm. that involves, yeah. um, which is all those little, yeah, topics that you've got to cover. Yeah, all those considerations that yeah. we do and hopefully do really well for everybody to mm. just have the best access to the best brands um, mm. at a door. So. Danny's your girl when it comes to what's stocked at a door beauty, by the way. <laughs> Asking me and Hannah when you DM ask me, like, oh. can you stock this? We've got no idea. <laughs> Don't ask us. I just need to, like, slink into a few Instagram posts. Maybe that's what yeah. I'll do in my yeah. downtime just to help us, yeah. you know, help a few girls yeah. out. Great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Danny. Thanks so much. Lovely to chat. Hannah, products we didn't know we needed. I just copied God, I'm excited for this one. I know. I'm really, really (gasps) excited for this. Now, this brand has been back for a couple of weeks, but let's just cast our minds back a couple of years. So Mm -hmm. I got obsessed with this face tan. I'm like using it every week. Everyone asks me where it's from, like what I'm wearing. You know, it's going off at Adore Beauty. Then suddenly this brand goes, oh, we're just going to take a little hiatus and go to another mm-hmm. retailer, mm-hmm. and then they've come back. I don't think it later. was a hiatus, but anyway. It, it anyway, was. <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be a hiatus, but they're back at Adore Beauty, and we're very, very excited because we're still obsessed with this brand. I was buying it at another retailer full price. I was buying it too. Yeah, I just before couldn't my, find before, anything else. I know. I normally react to Thailand. I normally yeah. react to face tans, so my skin can be a little bit more sensitive, and just with the formulations of tan, I can sometimes react to it. But I didn't react to this one and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to buy it full price. Mm-hmm. And it's not cheap. So that was a pretty big call considering so did how many I. face I tans we I bought it full stopped. price. How weird because I did the exact same yeah. thing. I went and bought yeah. it full price. Well, that's yeah. how you know it's really good. Um, yeah. So the brand is Tan Lux. The product that I'm talking about today is a Superglow, which I'm sure I've done as a PWD, KWM before, but I'm allowed to repeat because um, we do this podcast so we make the rules. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Superglow is a gradual face tan. And the thing I love about that is that it doesn't really look like you're wearing face tan. It just looks like you have a healthy glow. So for someone who's very fair skinned like me, it just adds a really nice hint of color. It just makes you look a little bit more alive. At least it does that for me. So I use this probably once or twice a week. And of mm-hmm. course, if you're using resurfacing ingredients in your skincare routine, it's not going to last for two weeks. I really wish people would stop asking that. Like, oh, is, am I activating my face tan? Yes, because it's on the surface of your skin. Um, so, yes, if you're using vitamin A's, you're using AHAs, it will fade your face tan. You're going to have to reuse your face tan. It's not permanent. So that's what I love about this product is that it's a hydrating serum. So you can use mm. it with all your other products. You could use it every night if you wanted to. You don't have to. Um, I tend to use it just under a moisturizer and then I go to bed. So if I'm doing anything on those nights, I might use another hydrating serum with it, but I tend not to use any actives just because I don't want to create any kind of interactions that are not wanted. That's my product I didn't know I needed. Hannah, you've got a very similar one because you decided when you saw that in our notes you wanted to copy me. I was like, oh, no, I just want to talk about this because I had already had it on my list to talk about, Mm. so we may as well do it now because then if I did it next week, it'd be like, oh, I should have just done it all. We should have done it in one go. So (laughs) mine's tan likes the face. I genuinely did before I went to Thailand last year. I genuinely went out and bought this full price from another Mm. retailer because we at that time didn't stock it, but we do now. This isn't a gradual tanner. It's more 
more like um, you can like customize your face mm. tan by using like less drops. You can also mix it in with a serum. You can mix it in with a moisturizer. I generally just use it as like the first. So I'll like add it onto my skin after I've cleansed and then wait till it dries and then I'll like add a moisturizer over the top. So um, there's two shades. There's light, medium, and then there's medium dark. I get medium dark. I just feel like particularly like because I'm in like a hotter climate, my skin goes like really olive just walking around, um, but I do like wear a hat. Mm. So mostly like I, I will probably try to match my face to my body. So, I, But then also you can lo- use less drops if you've mm. got the medium dark so, so it kind of lasts longer. Yeah. And then basically in terms of drops, two drops is radiant, four drops is sun-kissed. I probably wouldn't go over four to be honest, but you can go, it says eight drops golden, 12 drops bronzed. Um, I would probably stick to like two to yeah. four drops. Yep, yep, yep. With me. <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> um, the same. You're going to look like Ross um, yeah. when he, yes. yeah. I think, I think if you if you do too much. But honestly, I think this is probably, yeah, that by far my favourite face tan. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, they, they do really, really good products, really nice. Um, face tans and also really travel friendly so that like it's just like a little serum bottle so you can take it away with you and um, add a bit of a like glow to your face mm-hmm. as you need but as joe said it it definitely if you're using a lot of actives you'd be wanting to probably like keep you probably want to be using it like two times two three times a yeah, week if you're yeah. going hard on the actives and they sound like very similar products i would say the face is more suitable if you've got fake tan on your body or your body's quite tanned yep. and you're wanting yep. to match that to your face the super glow because it's gradual it does give you much more of a softer color so i would so say so i didn't find that did yeah. sort of enough yeah. for me and because you've got a deeper skin tone than me for yep. for our very fair skinned girlies I would say the Super Glow would be more suited to you, especially if you're okay with using something a couple of times a week in your routine. Um, I just find that it evens out my skin tone, doesn't look like face tan, and it just mm. makes me glowy and radiant, and I, I love yep. it. Um, there is a video that will be going up on our socials as well if you want to see how it looks. I did like a Ooh. before and after, so you can go and look at that. I think that will be live already by the time this episode comes out. Is that out. a new one or the one that you did three years no, ago? No, so I did oh. like a green screen over the top of that old video and then did a oh, new before and after. I yeah. can't wait to see that. Yeah, oh. yeah. So it was so funny because I had, I had filler in my lips just before that video oh. and that was the last time I had lip filler, like three 2019, yeah, mid-2019. Yeah. And I looked out and I was like, oh, my God, my lips look so big there. <laughs> I'd forgotten honest, what it looked I've, like. I've never noticed them go down. They've kind of like kept. Yeah, they've, they've, really, kept, they've kept, the kept their shape. System. They've kept yeah. their shape. But, yeah, I just don't have any intention to really get them done go again. Back. So, yeah. Guys, just a reminder, we are still uploading exclusive content to the Facebook group. Um, Hannah is yet to post behind the scenes footage of her boyfriend doing things. Um, I I taught my man on the weekend to curl my hair. Um, because oh, I, I haven't seen this. Yeah, go watch it. Is this in the um, Facebook group? Yeah, it's in the Facebook group. So I really sometimes can't be bothered uh, curling my hair and I also hate drying my hair, so that's the next thing on my list. So, so far I've taught him how to spray tan me. I've taught with a professional machine. And I've taught him how to curl my hair. And the next thing on the list is teaching him how to blow dry my hair. So it's just in case, you know, anything ever happens where I just need him to step in and do it for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's still practicing, but he wasn't too bad. He was just doing it in the wrong direction. 
Um, so we oh, had to no. teach him a few tips there and he was, yeah, burnt himself a couple of times, but uh, oh, that's no. all part of the learning oh, process. So. That's so cute. Mm. I'm going to have to look straight after this. I cannot wait to see this. Yeah. So if you're not on the Facebook group, You'll yeah. have to join now. Yeah, Everyone's join the other 3.4 thousand people that are on there getting the exclusive content because we don't mm-hmm. post it anywhere else. So, mm. yeah, that's the only place you'll see it. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.